Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mo Money Podcast. This is episode 209, and I am your host, Jessica Morehouse. Welcome back to the show for this wonderful bonus episode. Because if you uh, listen to the show often, you know I only come out with you know episodes every Wednesday, but it's Thursday. So surprise, you're welcome. Bonus episode. Who doesn't love a bonus episode? So I really want to do this uh, kind of bonus extra episode because I wanted to sit down, and yes, I did sit down because I did this interview in person, which is a rarity for me. I usually... Just do them over the internet. But uh, I wanted to sit down with Bruno Sandre. He is the Associate Vice President of Client Education at TD Direct Investing. And I wanted to pick his brain about investing because honestly, it is probably the number one thing when I am doing a speaking engagement, when I get comments or emails or tweets or DMs or whatever, is usually questions about investing because it seems like a very big, scary, complex subject that is almost impossible to understand. I, I disagree because I used to think like that. And then now, now I know what I'm talking about. And now I get presentations on investing. If I, if literally I, me, Jessica, who came from the world of like thinking she was going to be a film editor, like film student, total arts kid, and somehow made this weird shift in life to now talking about personal finance and investing. If I, of all people, can learn the key things about investing, literally anyone in the world can, okay? So that is what we're going to dive deep into the topic of investing. We're going to talk about ETFs. We're going to talk about options. We're going to talk about goal setting. We're going to talk about it all. So you're going to love this episode. Now, before I get to that interview, I do want to just like let you know that even though this podcast is wonderful, love it, I've been like really getting into video making, you know, lately, I probably like late to the, you know, bandwagon. And honestly, I still have this memory of being in film school and actually going back to my old high school talking, this is going to be a little tangent, but just, just bear with me, going to my old high school, talking to some of the film students in, you know, grade 11 and 12. And I remember this one little boy, little, he was like, I don't know, 16, 17, but whatever, um, talking to me about YouTube. And he's like, oh, I really just want to make YouTube content. I think it's going to be big. And I'm like, settle down. Like it's a trend. Like it's, it's not going to be around for a while. Cut to how many years later? I'm like, so I've just started a YouTube channel. So I uh, highly recommend you check out my YouTube channel because did you know that October is Investment Education Month? Bet you didn't. Now you do. And so I am teaming up with TD Direct Investing to do a series of uh, videos on investing. Some of the key things that everyone needs to know about investing in an understandable way. Because no, I do not like jargon. I do not like making it investing sound harder than it really is. Because at the end of the day, it is really not that complicated. Okay. So make sure to check out my YouTube channel. You can go to jessicamorehouse.com slash YouTube, or just search Jessica Morehouse in YouTube. I will pop right up and uh, check out my videos. Going to put a lot more videos out there and I think you're going to love them. Okay. That's enough yammering for me. Let's get to that interview with Bruno. Welcome Bruno to the show. I'm so excited to have you on to talk about investing. Perfect. Well, thank you for having me, Jessica. So can we first, let's start it off with uh, getting to know you a little bit more and your background, because I know you work for uh, TD, but your role really has to do with education. That's correct. And so uh, I'm the Associate Vice President of the Client Education Team. Uh, I lead a 
fairly large team now um, that's responsible for creating not only just educational content. So I know you've had a chance mm-hmm. to look at the Learning Center mm-hmm. recently and all the videos uh, that are in there, but also a team of instructors who are highly experienced and have a deep expertise with investing. And they do our live sessions, whether they be webinars, um, which I know you've been mm-hmm. featured on one recently, mm-hmm. or our smaller size masterclasses where our customers get to interact mm-hmm. with an instructor and ask them what's on their mind. Absolutely. Where do you start in terms of like crafting the content for the learning center or just like figuring out what do people need to know and how can we fill in those gaps for them? Well, usually we have a a vision in mind Mm -hmm. as to Mm -hmm. what we think people need and Mm -hmm. then we listen to our customers and find out what they actually need. Mm -hmm. And so it really does start with our customers. Mm -hmm. We get feedback not only from our live sessions, but also also through our customer surveys around um, the type of content and the topics that they're really interested in in learning more about. And we just continue along that path. Mm -hmm. And I also want to preface too, because you did mention that you work for a financial institution. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number one, you and your instructors do not give advice. So it is not advice. It is just like facts, education, um, important stuff like that. But also you are not pushing any product as well. That's correct. Um, Our main focus is to help people get the knowledge that Mm -hmm. they need in order to be confident to choose whatever investments that are right for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you're totally right. We not, we're not allowed to mm-hmm. provide investment advice. Um, and we think really part of the benefit of being with a direct investing brokerage is really allowing our clients to be in control right. as to what they want to do. And so we just help them along that path. Yeah, so there's no way you could be like, you should buy this you know, ETF or stock and not this one. Like You just yeah, can't. You, we, if yeah. you get, I bet you get those questions like, what should I buy? What do you do? <laughs> I think, you know, I think all of us are, you know, kind of want to get other people's opinions and yeah. validation yeah, around mm-hmm. what they want. But yeah, as as much as we do get those questions, we're, we don't, we're not really allowed to answer them. Mm-hmm. So I guess kind of going from that uh, thought, if someone is wanting to figure out what should I buy? I want to be a DIY investor. Mm-hmm. I think I know what right. kind of strategy I want to do. But what kind of ETFs should I buy for my portfolio? Where, mm-hmm. what, like, what kind of resources would you recommend, or where would you point them, and mm-hmm. what kind of direction? Well, there's lots of resources that are available that are freely available. Mm-hmm. Obviously, on the internet, we're in the information mm-hmm. age. You can get information on anything, but to try and find something that's trusted might be a bit more difficult yeah. nowadays. And so, um, at at our firm, we offer um, quite a wide variety of mm-hmm. different research capability within uh, our research section yeah. of WebBroker. And so if you go into there, you'll find tools like screeners to help you mm. uh, narrow down the list of choices of what's available for what's right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, or even dig deeper on if there's certain ETFs that you've heard of in the news or things mm-hmm. like that, you can drive really deep into that and understand what is what, what yeah. are they investing in? What's their top holdings? What's mm-hmm. the expense look like? How have they performed over over the past X many months or years? Mm-hmm. And then make the decision that's right for you. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned the Learning Center, which is mm-hmm. uh, kind of got a... Fa- like, is it new or did it get a facelift or... Well, it is brand new yeah. for for this year. Mm-hmm. We've, we've always delivered educational yeah. content, but in fairness, the experience... Is hasn't really been up to the standard that we like to hold yeah. ourselves to, and so 
what we did this year was take all the different content that's available over our multiple different sites and locations mm-hmm. and just put it into one spot where it's easy for everyone to find. Mm-hmm. And I know like part of that, there is like some online video courses. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you kind of, because it, it looks like there's there's one that's kind of like getting started with investing and yeah. then one more about using the platform. Is there, right. There's another one, isn't there? There's one on portfolio management as right. well. So I, I have to excuse the jargon a bit for it, that. That's fine. I think jargon is totally fine on this particular <laughs> interview. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, essentially portfolio management goes a bit beyond, hey, okay, I want to get started. Yeah. What does investing actually look and feel like? And so really the getting started mm-hmm. kind of gets your feet wet and, yeah. and introduces you to the different topics and terminology that's important for you to know while you get started, some invest, investing mm-hmm. mistakes to avoid, things like yeah. that. Um, but then when it comes to after that foundational knowledge, you, you come into, okay, but how am I actually going to build a series of investments? Yeah, that's one of the most po- common questions I get. It's like, okay, I get the basics. I've listened to all your episodes or I've done my research. Now what? And exactly. it seems very difficult to find information on the now what, the next part, mm-hmm. how to build a portfolio and all that kind of stuff. So what is what do you guys share in that <laughs> online course? What kind of tidbits can you share with us? Well, I mean, some of it's going to seem pretty obvious, I think, mm-hmm. for anyone who's been in investing for a bit. Mm-hmm. So clearly... Um, diversification is important. Mm-hmm. I think all too often uh, a new investor will come to us with a specific security in mind um, because they've heard on the news or mm-hmm. their friend has given them a tip and, okay, well, let me just go all in mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. one security. And, you know, okay, interesting, but not, <laughs> not, not, I, I have concerns about, um, potentially, is this actually going to help you achieve what your goal is? And yeah. so when you think about what in building up, a series of investments mm-hmm. um, that will help you through no matter what happens in the market to make you feel comfortable and confident that you can actually achieve what you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really about building that. Um, it's really about taking those steps to identify those types of securities and mm-hmm. build it to the point where you can invest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so in your mind, what are kind of, I guess, just to break it down a little mm-hmm. bit more, the steps to properly build your portfolio? It sounds mm-hmm. like you were kind of hinting at the first thing is right. figure out w- what the purpose of your portfolio is. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the purpose? What are the goals? And then right. after that, once you're like, okay, this is for retirement. This is what I want to do. Exactly. Then it's really about understanding the, what kind of investor you are. Right. Does Do changes in the market Mm-hmm. affect you mm-hmm. are you constantly you know when something comes out on on the news are you is your first reaction to go oh no and immediately go in and log in and check and mm-hmm. what, what happened to my portfolio well if if that's the scenario perhaps um investments that don't move mm-hmm. as much with the market um mm-hmm. might make more sense for you if you're the type of individual who can um, step away from that and yeah. understand it's more for the long term and not um, and, and be able to focus on that mm-hmm. before making an investment decision and perhaps elements with risk um, more risk might be more mm-hmm. uh, appropriate mm-hmm. for you to consider mm-hmm. a lot depends on your goal as well mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. looking retirement is a great example yeah. because it's so far away there's more there's more opportunity to be in riskier things. Um, But if you're looking to save for that vacation um, next winter, Mm -hmm. that's going to, that's going to um, change how you would look at how you're building up investments towards that because a Mm -hmm. certain, a certain move in the market um, 
towards towards a negative suddenly makes that dream not a reality anymore mm-hmm. if that were to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you'd be able to answer this, but mm-hmm. I assume you know, uh, being part of the TD directed investing mm-hmm. team, you have a lot of data on your clients and just mm-hmm. what kind of investors they are. What are the typical investors that have a discount brokerage account? Well, there's really a wide variety yeah. of them. And so I, I think generally, if you look to the industry, they tend to cut it into three different types of people. Mm-hmm. But when you actually sit and speak with them, it, it's difficult to pinpoint mm-hmm. them down into a specific profile. But what I would say is we typically get... Um, a lot of new investors. Mm-hmm. So people who are perhaps digitally savvy are used to doing things online. Yeah. Maybe they book their travel on Expedia yeah. or they uh, or they, you know, buy their movie tickets online and so they, they don't they don't want the in-person interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel comfortable doing it on their own and that naturally extends to their investing and they're looking to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have individuals who are a little bit knowledgeable about investing. Maybe they've been doing it for a period of time. Maybe they have some background in business or those things. And they're, they're really um, engaged with the markets. And they're, I don't want to say necessarily sophisticated. They can be. Um, but clearly, um, clearly investing and being very active with their investments mm-hmm. is a focus for them. And so those individuals are typically coming to us for more information is the best way to put it. Mm. Do we have the latest research reports? Right. What what are your charting capabilities? All sorts of things I think that might intimidate yeah. new investors, mm-hmm. um, but really are more of a response to help them feel more confident with their investments. And then finally, we have um, a very um, active and engaged segment of our population that invests um, in and out of securities fairly frequently, mm. some even multiple times a day. Yeah, like um, the day trader type people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I, I'm dating myself in this, but <laughs> I remember the late 90s and early yeah. 2000s, and yeah. that was a thing back then as yeah. people trying to, um, trying to make money yep. doing that. And mm-hmm. we still have quite a number of clients who, who do that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And obviously for them, there's very specific types of investment platforms that we offer for their needs mm. and the the depth of the education that we provide for them yeah. um, is also a bit more sophisticated than than for some of the others. Is it all accessible to everybody? Like you kind of mentioned, like there's different types mm-hmm. of education. So even a beginner like can access whatever these in-depth reports or whatever that they don't know what they are, but they exist and they can access them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so really the the thing around the education, it's, it's, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. And so people can start day one, maybe I'm just learning mm-hmm. the basics and getting my feet wet. Um, but if they've heard this other person mentioned, hey, you know, I want to learn something about, you know, ETFs, and mm-hmm. maybe I don't know what that is, mm-hmm. but there's content available for you to get up to speed with that mm-hmm. and then decide for yourself if that's something of interest. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm going to, I hope you're ready. I've got a list of questions that I kind of screenshotted when I did um, participate in that webinar with TD Direct Investing, which was so fun. So there's a lot of questions we got to answer, a lot okay. of that that we didn't. Don't for- you're going to know these answers. It's fine. But I'm like, there's a lot of questions that we didn't get to. And I'm like, sure. what a great opportunity for anyone who is, you know, now listening to the show because they saw me on the webinar. They might get their answer, you uh, know, so from you now. I know, putting you in the hot seat. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, right. Don't worry. I'm going to start with a softball one. Okay. Um, 
Okay, what would be a good portfolio tracking software? I know obviously mm-hmm. TD has their own yeah. stuff, but outside of TD, like from what I know, right. just from other self-directed investors, everyone just uses a spreadsheet. Is there yeah. any software that you can use to help you manage it? I don't know. I, I think it really depends on your, yeah. your own strategy. And yeah. I think that's why individuals who have very specific needs will tend to use a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. I can say from my own personal experience, mm-hmm. uh, if I was using... Um, certain types of strategies which are based off of, you know, how has a company performed? Mm-hmm. Like what is, what's under financial statements? What are they worth? And so for, for those who are a, a little more knowledgeable, um, typically called value investing mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. stuff that Warren Buffett does, yeah. those types of tools, because I want to customize some of the projections, I will build something in a spreadsheet and yeah. just kind of monitor that way. Um, similarly, active traders, depending on how they, how they trade, may want to do the same to determine, okay, how much do I think is left in this investment? Should I get out now or, mm-hmm. or, or the like? And so those tools, because they're so customized yeah. to, to each in- approach, people mm-hmm. tend to build them themselves. Yeah, that makes sense. For I think for the majority though, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, we do offer tracking tools within, yeah. within yeah. WebBroker. And I, I think for, for most investors and honestly, those who are also more sophisticated and engaged would also benefit from using the portfolio tracking and goal tracking tools that we have within, let's say, Goal Assist. And so while those other tools might help you understand on an individual security, Mm -hmm. what should I be doing? What really matters at the end of the day is how am I tracking towards the goals Mm -hmm. that I've set for myself? And understanding how you've been performing to date against that goal and the and based off of that, what you might need to do in the future to put yourself back on track or maybe just celebrate because you're doing so wonderfully. Yeah. Really, I think that's the tool that a lot of investors um, might overlook mm-hmm. and they want to go directly to the sophisticated stuff. Mm-hmm. But really, that's what's going to help you become more successful mm-hmm. in the long run. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, we've touched on a little bit of like, you know, different kind of resources within um, WebBroker. Mm-hmm. But uh, someone asked in the WebBroker, what other resources, resources do you use to do your research? I know so mm-hmm. many investors have, you know, I just, I, I'm so curious yeah. what other people use to do their own investing research. Cause it seems Oof. like it's, it's like a big world out there. There's a lot of stuff. There is a lot of stuff. And, you know, I, I think again, everyone's going to gravitate towards something that speaks yeah. to them. Really when it comes to research, it's about whatever will get you excited and mm-hmm. get you engaged with your investments for me mm-hmm. is, is, is a positive. Yeah. I would, I always pause and, mm-hmm. and say, it, well, it's someone else's opinion and that's great. Yeah. You know, yeah. love to hear it, but really the opinion that matters is yours if you're self-directed. Yeah. And so using these other tools is, are helpful, but in the end, um, it's your investments, it's your money. Mm-hmm. It needs to be something that you feel comfortable with and you're confident putting, putting down money against. Um, and so there are things like there are newsletters mm-hmm. that third party people will have. Yep. Um, there's, there's elements like the, the podcast that we're on yep. right now. Yep. People use things like that. Um, there'll be other shows, um, mm-hmm. like on cable television, people yep. will watch. Um, uh, I can't remember the name now, but the individual who slams all the, all the oh, buttons yeah. on the it. Buzzer, Jim yeah, Kramer, yeah. Thank yep. you. So there's, there's all kinds of things that people can watch to get engaged. Um, but I guess if you want to like research a company, right. what is kind of the steps to do that? Like, is it, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, most people, let's say you're interested in, you know, company ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, most people will tend to look at uh, two key elements mm-hmm. to that. One is what industry jargon we call like fundamental analysis. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it just means what aspects of the company's um, performance as a business um, that makes it an attractive one to continue to put money in because we expect more money to come out of it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there's some, there's some standard things like, you know, growing, do they grow their sales? Mm-hmm. Um, are they able to keep their costs relatively contained? Are their earnings growing? Mm-hmm. Um, do they have a lot of debt or not? Yeah. Is it normal? How are they performing against other companies? Um, things along those lines is, is where most people tend to start. Mm-hmm. As you start to get more active, um, some people will look to patterns within price charts mm-hmm. to try and make determinations. Okay, but is company ABC, uh, is this a good time to buy or to sell the security? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they'll typically use those two things together. All of that's available within um, our, our research section within the site. And mm-hmm. so it's real quick and easy to drill deep and get those answers. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's where most people yeah. would start. And yeah. then again, you can grow. There, there's there's mm-hmm. endless amounts of information and you can grow uh, your strategy from there. Absolutely. One question uh, that came in, which I thought was interesting. I, I'm curious how you'd answer this. What type of investments do you recommend for new immigrants? Would it be, would they have different types of investments that are appropriate for them because they're new Im- immigrants or no? That is actually an interesting yeah. question and not one that, I frequently get asked, so <laughs> yeah. thank you for stumping me unique. while I buy yeah. time to answer it correctly. Yeah, yes. Um, no, here's, here's where I pause a bit. I think when I think about immigrants, mm. there may or may not be a, a language barrier. Right. And so for some of the more sophisticated and intricate types of individual securities where you're not necessarily familiar with um, all the details about how our markets work. Mm-hmm in North America, there might be challenges around investing in those types of products Mm -hmm. when you first start. Mm -hmm. And so not that we can recommend a specific product type, but I would say, you know, things like small cap securities, things like options Mm -hmm. where there's very specific rules. Yeah. Um, and it, it does require someone who has more local yeah. market knowledge to get involved. They're probably things you'd want to steer clear from until you've gained that knowledge. Mm-hmm. There are other invest. The other investments I think that should be top of mind would be ones that um, are either n- suitable for new investors. If I'm just getting started, I'm maybe yeah. a bit simpler, but yeah can do a lot of the work for you. I know you mentioned ETFs, mm-hmm. for instance. Mm-hmm. Mutual funds are another mm-hmm. example of that. Um, perhaps um, you know, GICs is something yep. that people are really familiar with when they first come in. Those types of securities are usually easier to, to, to handle when yeah. you first come in. And then you can grow into the, to the more, the more uh, sophisticated securities as time goes on. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, um, it's, not, it's not like there's... Hey, I'm I'm new to Canada. Mm-hmm. Please invest in this. Yeah, this is the new to Canada investment exactly. portfolio. Right. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, one question that I thought was actually quite interesting was 
what, in your opinion, are kind of some of the pros and some of the cons of ETFs? I feel like ETFs, mm-hmm. we, well, I mentioned it on the podcast a lot whenever I'm talking to guests because right. they do seem like they are kind of the new hot yes. thing in town and everyone's talking about them. Can you kind mm-hmm. of explain what, for anyone who's listening right. to it for the first time, what is an ETF and what are some pros and cons to think about? Okay. Well, an ETF for those we love acronyms yeah, in don't business, we? don't yeah. we? Um, an ETF is an exchange-traded fund. So when, just really simply, um, for those who, are, who also know mutual funds, mm-hmm. it's pretty similar in that regard. Um, the exception being that instead of investing in one specific company, um, like TD, for instance, you invest in another um, and another thing that looks a lot like a, a stock, mm-hmm. but it's not. It really is just a series of investments that are held underneath of that stock and mm-hmm. uh, underneath of that symbol, rather. Mm-hmm. And each ETF, just like a mutual fund, will have a specific objective in mind. And so there are some that are extremely specialized mm-hmm. um, and that are really meant for that engaged, active yep. trader. And there are ones that are more. Um, similar to uh, a mutual fund in terms of you would buy it because it it, it helps you build that diversified yeah. portfolio and you um, and you basically run with it mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in terms of what's the difference and what the advantages of ETFs are just like some series of mutual funds they tend to have lower costs but again tend to so yeah please it depends double, on the ETF please yeah. double check yeah um, they tend to have lower costs. They tend to, but not not always. Again, there are some mm-hmm. that 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 buck the mold here. Um, they tend to be more passive, meaning that they just follow a, another set of investments and mm-hmm. try to track it as closely as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, I think because it's also familiar to people, because you basically buy it and sell it like a stock, mm-hmm. it becomes something that's immediately accessible for people. Mm-hmm. It allows you to have a lot of um, clarity on what's it worth during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, some ETFs also allow you to um, engage in more sophisticated strategies. So if you, you may have built out a portfolio that um, has you know Canadian, U.S. stocks in it, mm-hmm. and maybe you want exposure to some real estate, well, yep. there's probably an ETF for that. Yep. Um, and so you can build out your portfolio that way. Mm-hmm. And if you're more sophisticated, you can build options and and use some certain types of ETFs to actually um, manage some of the the risk within your portfolio. So it's mm-hmm. a it's a great tool. Yeah. Um, but I think, and and it's great that a lot of people are interested in it. But it needs to fulfill a certain job. Yeah. And so while it's a tool, I think everyone should be knowledgeable about and understand what they are. What really matters is. How is how is that specific ETF going to actually help you achieve what you want to achieve mm-hmm. within your within your within your investments? And mm-hmm. so that's actually the harder question. Yeah, no, no, I, and I I totally agree. I remember I think it was a year ago I was on a panel talking and it was an interesting panel, but one of the questions it was so 
random, mm-hmm. I felt. The the host, and you can tell he was definitely into active investing, he asked everyone on the panel, what's your favorite ETF? I'm like, that is the weirdest question. <laughs> Who has a favorite ETF? And so I gave him basically your answer. I'm like, well, I don't have a favorite one because yeah. I just pick the ones that get me to th- fulfill the goals that right. I want to achieve. If you have a favorite one, that is I, I bizarre, but okay, you and, do you. <laughs> and, and, and in complete transparency, I yeah. do not have a favorite ETF you don't? either. Oh, good. No, oh, no. good. Yeah, I'm like, I couldn't even tell you. No. No, no, no. Um, you mentioned a few uh, other things. I want to, because I, I do talk a lot about ETFs on the show, but mm. uh, what I don't really talk about is some of those other kind of uh, investment products that sure. are for more advanced people. Sure. So you mentioned options. Could you yeah. kind of explain what an option is if someone's never Ooh, heard of it before? That is the million dollar question. I know. Options do as are, best as you can. I know it's I a do. complex thing. but Okay. So basically consider options as giving you the right to do something with, and most likely a stock, but giving you the right to do something with a stock mm-hmm. without actually having to do it. Mm-hmm. And so um, let's say, for instance, and I, I don't own mm-hmm. one of these, but let's say I own a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's worth, I'm making this up, which will show how much I know about cars. <laughs> let's say it's worth $300,000. Yeah. Um, Jessica, you might be interested in purchasing my Ferrari. Yeah. But you're really only interested in purchasing it because you think it might go up in value. Right. And so what you might do is is buy an option from me to buy it at, let's say, $350,000. And you'll pay me a small amount for that right mm-hmm. between now and, let's say, a year from now. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what an option is. Mm. When a year comes, if my Ferrari is not worth $350,000, you will just say, ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Right? And you'll probably pass on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say my Ferrari's worth half a million. Mm-hmm. You're quickly going to call me and say, hi, yes, I'd like to buy it at 350 mm. because now I might be able to sell it at half a million. Mm-hmm. And then something that is an extremely small amount that you've given me has now grown into a very significant amount. Mm-hmm. And so that's the typical case. I think most yeah. people, when they come in to yeah. options, how they want to use them. There can be, that's probably actually not really the best way to get into <laughs> options, to be honest. It's very speculative. You're, yes. you're basically betting on something that's yeah. extremely small chance of actually happening. Yeah. Where options come into play and where they become really interesting is how you can take them and take different ones, put them together, mm-hmm. and really um, help set the risk for your portfolio that you do have. Mm. And so you can, for instance, you can use option strategies to make, to, um, to earn returns if the market doesn't move at all, mm. if the market goes down, if there's more volatility in the market, you really get much more control mm-hmm. over your, over your investments and, and how you, and how you can earn returns from them. And I think that when you start getting into options is really what starts to make them more appealing mm-hmm. is your, just your ability to, um, your ability to interact with investments that might seem out of reach based off of their price mm-hmm. and to do it in a way where you can control exactly the scenarios in which you earn a return off of them. Interesting. What kind of like, I, I guess that really is for like the more advanced investor to kind of be dabbling into options just because they do seem a little bit more complex, a lot of rules. You don't want to mess it up. They can, they, they can be, um, you don't, I, I think the, the biggest challenge with options is, is not so much the product itself. Mm-hmm. It's more of 
how much do you put into them? Mm. So if you spent, for instance, you put down $3 as the option to buy my Ferrari, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work out, it's probably not a big deal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You put down $30,000, well, I mean, that that could be problematic Mm -hmm. um, for a portfolio. And so really with options, um, the the size of the amount that you put in um, makes a large difference in the amount of risk that you're taking. Um, once you get past that and you start to learn a little bit about them, mm-hmm. it's you can do strategies that are not yeah. that specifically risky and, and and will help you get a better sense of of how they how they react to the market. Mm, interesting, interesting. Mm. Um, one last question sure. that uh, hopefully isn't too uh, big of a question to ask. Sure. So I know, you know, in the web broker platform and any other discount brokerage, right. there's different ways that you can buy or different kind of price po- prices that you can kind of choose or different ways to buy an right. investment product, if that's a better way to put it. Yeah. Um, you know, you can choose the market price or limit mm-hmm. price. There's all these different order types. Yeah. Very confusing, I find, because <laughs> some of them have similar names. That's true. So I was wondering if we could just like, touch on it just a few that were mentioned in um someone had a question in the sure. um uh, webinar so mm-hmm. a stop stop market order how would you yes. explain what that is how do, how does that work okay sure um essentially just briefly for yeah. those who aren't familiar with what a market or a limit order is mm-hmm. when you send an order and you tag it as a market order what that means is whatever the security is trading for right now um to allow you to get the security, let's say you're let's say you're buying mm-hmm. or selling, you're selling the security. The essentially best price that's available on the market when you select market, mm-hmm. that's what it's going to go out and get right. at that moment. At that moment, but exactly that moment, and so it can move. Um, but essentially, you're looking to make sure that you sell that security right away at the best price possible. Mm-hmm. A limit order gives you a little more control, and you can say, "Well, I want to sell this." but I only want to sell it if it hits this price. Mm-hmm. And so it'll continue to stay out there on the market. Other investors can see that you're, that you're mm-hmm. trying to sell it at that price. Mm-hmm. And perhaps you'll get, so perhaps someone will buy it from you. Perhaps mm-hmm. they won't. And so that's what a market yeah. versus a limit order is. The stop portion yeah. of a market order, what that allows you to do is to say, well, let's say I'm not at... My, on my phone at the moment, I'm in. A, mm-hmm. I'm having doing a podcast with Jessica, yeah. and I can't really keep an eye on my investments. Mm-hmm. I might say, "Well, I'm really interested in selling this stock if it gets to, let's say, fifty dollars, and I want to sell it as a market order because I'm I'm worried. I just want to get out. Yeah. I can say, "Hey, let's do a stop market order. I want the 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 stop trigger to be at fifty dollars." And then please sell it at a market order. Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly what it does is it just waits until the last traded price of that stock to hit 50. And then once that happens, it automatically will send an order to the market mm-hmm. as a sell order f- for a market. And so that's okay. how stock market works. Okay. That's easy. Um, so that it sounds very similar to a limit order. Am I wrong? It is, like, except a limit order means that you have to try and sell it at that limit right now. So uh-huh. let's, okay. let's, let's walk through a brief example. Yeah. Let's say that security is trading at $60 right now, mm-hmm. and you wanted to sell it right when it hits 50. If you went and put a limit order for $50 when it's trading at 60, mm-hmm. 
you're going to get executed right away. You're going to sell them right away and it'll sell it to you at 60 because, hey, you want to sell at 50. Look, I got it for you at 60. Oh, I see. I'm a hero. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's not really what you wanted. What you wanted was if the stock were to trade down to 50, please get me out Mm. of the security and I don't just get me out as quickly as possible. And so by setting that stop price at 50, Mm. then, then sending the order allows me allows me to again have a bit more control as to when am I when am I selling my stock okay there we go and uh, for anyone who has more questions because I know there are so many questions well a please let me know because it gives me uh you know, inspiration for future podcast episodes, but also uh, for me, when I have like a question or need a definition for something, I do just go on WebBroker because there's a huge kind of almost dictionary where you can pretty much type in any question and there will be an answer. So when it comes to like specifically, if anyone's listening to this and like, I need to still learn a little bit more about those limit orders and market orders because I don't understand the information's there. (laughs) Um, Well, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Um, Like we kind of mentioned, you are part of the Learning Center mm-hmm. educational team. Do you want to kind of share a little bit more about how people can utilize this uh, platform? Oh, absolutely. So the easiest way to do that is just to log into WebBroker, which mm-hmm. is for people who have, who have direct investing accounts is where you would normally yep. log in to get your investments. And then just click on that big learn item in mm-hmm. the menu. You really can't miss it. It's right beside goals, which hopefully if you also haven't clicked on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check it out. Check that out. Um, but click on learn you'll get right into the landing page and it'll show you where you can access all of our video playlists, all of our live events, those that are upcoming. And, or if you want to check out actually Jessica and Mm -hmm. her webinar that she did Mm -hmm. with some of the members of our team, just click on the webinars item and go and browse through our archived webinars. Yeah, that's a great thing. There's live webinars. You can sign up for the future and also you can look at all of the past webinars that have happened. So there's so much information. (laughs) Absolutely. So thank you so much for, uh, chatting with me. It was a pleasure. Well, thanks for having me and uh, don't be a stranger. Let's make sure we do this again. Yes. Okay. So that was episode 209 with Bruno Sandre from TD Direct Investing. He is the associate vice president of the Klein Education team. Um, as we kind of uh, you know mentioned in the episode, and also I have a couple of videos about this on my YouTube channel. If you are interested in being a DIY investor, and if you do decide to uh, open an account with TD Direct Investing as your discount brokerage, uh, they have have a bunch of great free tools. So they've got Goal Assist, which helps you, um, well, set your goals so you can properly manage your own portfolio. So you know if you're on track or if you need to rebalance or if you're changing things. Uh, they also have a free learning center that has a bunch of videos, masterclasses, webinars, all this great stuff for free if you have an account with them. Um, and I do. So I, I have a couple of videos on my YouTube channel that shows you what it looks like on the inside. So make sure to check that out. Of course, also, as always, check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to my website, jessicamorehouse.com slash 209. I will be putting a bunch of uh, links in information and just uh, key things that we talked about from this episode in those show notes. So again, just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash 209. Um, Also, I believe I mentioned it in yesterday's episode, but I'm going to reiterate. I'm doing a giveaway. I I like to do giveaways. I like to give away things, specifically books, because who doesn't love a good book? Um, So if you go to jessicamorehouse.com slash contest or just check out the show notes, there will be a link to send you there. I am giving away all the books that I am featuring on this season of the 
the podcast, and I'll be updating it with more books as I get more authors on the show. So uh, just go to jessicamoros.com slash contest to enter to win. I'm giving away multiple copies of all the books because I like to share the love. And I uh, want to obviously encourage people to read personal finance books because they're actually so much better. I swear, personal finance books are so much better now than they were when I started getting into personal finance over 10 years ago. Like, gosh, they were so boring. Now they're actually exciting and inspiring and amazing and you're going to love them. So there you go. I'm giving away some books. Also, big news, obviously, if you didn't hear it on a previous episode, I have an event coming up in Toronto. If you are in Toronto or in the Toronto area, I will be hosting my sixth millennial money meetup on November 19th in Toronto at Joey Eaton Center. Uh, Tickets are on sale now and they are actually going fast. So every single one of my events sells out. And uh, I expect this one to do the same. So make sure to grab your ticket or tickets, bring a friend. There's going to be drinks. There's going to be appetizers. There's going to be panel discussion with myself. And uh, Rubina Amidhaku has been on the show. She, of course, is a personal finance expert and journalist who was always on TV, on the radio. And uh, we're going to have so freaking much fun Come on, come on down and celebrate financial literacy with me at uh, my Millennial Money Meetup. It'll be fun. So grab your tickets. Uh, you can do so by just going to my website, jessicamorris.com, or the uh, main website for the event series I do, millennialmoneymeetup.com, or just check out my socials. I'm, you know, sharing it and all that kind of stuff. Or get on my email list, jessicamorris.com slash subscribe. I tell every good, exciting announcement, whatever, to my email subscribers first. So uh, just get on my email list. Um, Last thing I'm going to share it in case you are new to the show. I have a free Facebook group. Uh, Obviously, it's free. I don't think anyone charges for that, but I don't know. Anyways, it's just like, it's there. There's over 2000 people in there. It is a like judgment-free zone for people to get together online and ask questions, share their wins of the week, share what's going on in their lives, get some uh, advice, some recommendations, some suggestions. Just feel like you're not in this thing alone because like it's easy to feel like that and you're not alone. So uh, get on in there. See what other people are chatting about. Everyone is super freaking nice because that is the rule. You got to be nice to be in the group. If you're not, you're not going to be in the group. And uh, yeah, it's just a, a lot of fun. You can find out more information just by going to my website or go to facebook.com slash groups slash money life balance. And I uh, hope to see you in there because it's a, it's a good old time in the Facebook group. Okay, that is it for me. I will be back here next Wednesday with a fresh new episode as always on the Mo Money Podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe, leave me a review. I will be doing, I know I, I always say, I'm like, I'm gonna give shout outs on a future episode. I actually will. It's just like the service that I have that like gives me a good list that aggregates all of the reviews from other countries. I'm having some issues with it. So I'm going to fix that. And then I'm going to give some shout outs, so many shout outs on some future episodes. I promise. I promise. Okay. That is it for me. Thanks so much for listening. I will see you next week. Have a good rest of your week. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.